0: Hello dog lovers. Thank you for joining me this week. Well, it happened. I either did not take the time to record a new show or I just felt like skipping a week. After four years of weekly shows, I guess I can give myself a pass on one or two. Either way, I have gone through my library of past shows and picked a few that I really like and I still listen to every now and then. These shows were handpicked by me because I thought the message was good and should be replayed at some point. Most of them are well over a 100 episodes back, and the only way you could actually listen to that show is to go to my website, FamilyDogFusion.com. They may not have been the most popular or the most downloaded shows. They're just shows that I feel have a great message and that you will learn something new every time you listen. Now, remember, these are past shows, and they are very dated. I will be talking about things that I've done in the past um, or requesting things from you that, you know, I requested two or three years ago. Just ignore all that banter and any requests that we had. Again, they're two or three years old, so just ignore it all. And with no further delay,
1: let's see what I've picked for you. This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior so you can get the best results from your dog training. This show is brought to you by FamilyDogFusion.com and our affiliate partner, Healthy Paws Pet Insurance, the company that gives you peace of mind and protects your four-legged family members when you need it the most. Get your free dog insurance quote by going to FamilyDogFusion.com/slash insurance. This is Devin Best, co-founder of Family Dog Fusion and co-host of Discover Your Dog. In episode 70, professional dog trainer and mental magician, Benny Copeland shares with you an epiphany that changed his training forever. Also, discover your subconscious views about your dog, and stay tuned for an exercise that will reveal your true feelings for your dog, all in this touchy-feely episode of Discover Your Dog. Dog lovers, remember that you can get show notes for today's episode at discoveryourdog.com episode 070. Also, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and a great review. Those reviews give us a lot of great feedback for how we're doing on the show, and it really exposes the show to a wider audience, so we really appreciate those. Please send your questions, comments, and canine conundrums to trainer at familydogfusion.com. Lastly, remember to get your free membership which includes the e-books, Three Tools for Training Your Dog, Potty Training Your Puppy or Dog, and the video, Walking Your Dog on a Leash, by going to FamilyDogFusion.com slash register. All that being said, Benny, let's get started. You ready?
0: I'm ready to make that mental shift. <laughs> I think that... uh <laughs>
1: Yeah, I still haven't made that mental shift to get on board with this episode yet. So I for- know, right. <laughs> that was a long, hard conversation, man. You know, this is the first one that it's we've tough. ended ended on. Um we were not on the same page, like almost right. every other episode. And you go, okay, just do it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: sometimes I think that's got to be more because I don't have an outline for another show
1: already. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you came up. <laughs> Great. You were arguing this position like <laughs> it was like you really believed in it and it turns out I
0: have to sit down for another 15 minutes and
1: create a whole new show (laughs) (laughs) dude you know it reminds me of growing up in my family um I uh my dad liked to shout a lot and (laughs) the motivating factor in my household was just do it to shut his mouth you know whatever it is just do it just to keep him from you know (laughs) just shut his mouth that's pretty much what today's episode is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah. Just I'm doing for now, you for yeah, you you now, what I'm saying is we <laughs> we considered saying you know calling it all in this, you owe me one episode of discover right, your dog, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still gonna hold that uh that Trump card later on. I do
0: drink a lot, and I don't think I was shouting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that if I had kept on, you might have started shouting at me. Right, right. Don't you get it? Don't you understand? <laughs> no, Cole into the room. Hey, argue this for me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a low blow, by the way.
0: No, it was-, it was not me. She was. She literally was standing at the door while I was talking, and then she came in, pulled the stool up, and was like waving at me, like
1: "pick me, pick me." <laughs>
0: that's what. she all right really to me it really showed the importance of it like what we're going to talk about today um and it's a very important part of anybody that really wants their dog to be a good part of the family and so it to me that's where where i had this mental shift and of course i was already training dogs at the time and when i got this mental shift my whole outlook started changing. Now, it took a long time to get where I am to today. And because of that, I think that it's going to vibe very well for this three-part series that we're talking about. Because in episode 67, we talked about dogs that want to dart out the door. <laughs> in episode 68, we talked about how to catch you know, that loose dog, it's already out there. What do you do to catch it? I will tell you, these were probably the two biggest behaviors that gave me the most frustration and angered the, me the most toward my dog. And understanding how I was behaving in those moments and really being able to look at that and make this mental shift was so important as to why I'm doing what I do today. I promise you, Devin, we would not be doing these podcast, we would not be talking about the things that um, I talk about today in the way that I talk about them if it wasn't for that, those two behaviors that really just upset me. And I had to make this mental shift with my
1: dog. So those were the, as the kids are saying nowadays, those were your triggers. You were triggered because of the dog running out the door and then your, your attempts to catch the dog after the fact generated uh, negative feelings in you and right so that's very why negative, yeah
0: negative feelings is a very nice way to put it
1: <laughs> we're all about euphemism here benny we can't curse on our recording day so
0: <laughs> although there were uh there were very close times we did in the last
1: episode <laughs> uh, you mean on hump day
0: on hump day man
1: episode 69 <laughs> my favorite like episode too, so far
0: we had this plan to do these three episodes in an in a row, and then episode sixty nine hit, and we were like, "No, we got to talk about humping dogs."
1: There was no other option. <laughs> I
0: mean, <laughs> that's
1: good. That is good. So back to back to the topic at hand. You know, we're back in the groove here um, right. of doing our solving problems. Now, now, answer me this. Riddle me this. Does this mental shift that you're on and on about today does this uh, does this solve a problem for our audience for our dog lovers?
0: I believe it is. I believe what you're going to learn as a dog lover is the importance of really understanding why you have a dog. What's the point? I know that there was a point in my job as a dog trainer when I was working for someone else that I hated my job and I didn't understand why would I be going to this place working with dogs that I love dogs and I always want to be around dogs and it's just something that that I love to do and I hate my job and if I can explain what that shift was for me and in this process of what we're going to talk about today and what I talk about in many many of my consultations what's going to happen here is is most people come onto these shows Devin because they have a problem Right, They're frustrated, they're angry, they're upset, they're thinking about, I'm just going to get rid of this dog. Typically, Devin, when they find Discover Your Dog podcast, the people that find it, not the people that we force to listen to it. <laughs> when they find it, it's because they are at that point where if I can't fix this, I got to get rid of the dog kind of thing. And we've even talked about that in past episodes. And. This is that thing that will take a person beyond just that basic, oh well, I can have a well-trained, good, obedient dog. This is going to take that person beyond and if someone even a someone is out there interested in maybe even training, this is going to be that mental shift that is so important in order to really understand that your dog or that person that you're working with dog is a very important part of their life and it can be um, something that is a benefit in your life. It can be something that is, um, you know, you got this dog for a reason and you want that dog to be a part of your life. And to me, that's what the whole family dog fusion is about. Why we came up with that title,
1: you know, the point of the book, all of those things. Yeah, that's, um, I guess what we're hoping to accomplish today or what I interpret as you hoping to accomplish today is to help our audience Create a transformation in themselves, and that's what this show is really about: is about creating transformation in the lives of our audience members with their dogs. And so I can get behind that, you know. I can get behind this, and I and I have an open mind as far as you know what you have to teach today. And and really, I guess the goal would be like the reason is you had this epiphany with these triggers in place. This is what happened for you. This is what you realized as a result of these particular stresses in your life and the, and the way that you were feeling about it, like the reaction that you had to your dog's behavior. And right. so hopefully this will resonate with the audience because they've got a similar or a, or, a, or a frustrating or an unpleasant reaction to their dog's behavior. So hopefully we can create a, a true, what the, you know, the business world calls a paradigm shift here to where this, if we can help our audience uh, acquire this new uh, point of view, then we will have succeeded in helping them make a transition forward in the relationship with their dog.
0: And that's exactly what this is about. It's about that relationship. I mean, there's, there's a reason you got a dog in the first place. Um, now, I look back and at the dogs that I had as a child. You know, they stayed in a pen or in the backyard. They never were a part of our family. And I also know that I never had a bond with a, those dogs. I loved them. They were fun to be around. And as long as they weren't jumping up on me or, you know, things like that, I would actually go interact with them. Um, For the most part, we had a couple dogs that, you know, they were so jumpy, so mouthy that, you know, we basically threw food at them, you know, to make sure that they got to eat. And that was about it. And I just, I know in how, you know, the things that I see and how the world is moving forward, that is not the job of the dog anymore, you know, just to be this thing in the backyard or on a leash. Now, I still see that and it it almost sickens me sometimes, you know, to see a dog out in a pen or on a leash. I mean, on a, um, you know, um, tie out somewhere.
1: I was driving by a house just yesterday and I saw a dog in the backyard. And uh, I had this reaction to it, like, oh man, that dog is chained up. And then I looked at it again. The dog didn't have a chain on it, didn't have a leash on it. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's okay. <laughs> you know, like, I was, <laughs> it's okay. He's not chained up, he's not a prisoner, you know? Um, right. So I'm starting to make that mental shift myself. So are you ready to shift into this topic? Let's mentalize into this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're mental, all right.
0: There are many things that I look back upon and I realize why I train and why I think about dogs the way that I do today. And the biggest and what I feel like is the most important story is um, the story that I tell a lot in my consultations and things about when I was teaching Molly the place command. Now we talk about in episode 49 the place command, and you're definitely welcome to go look at that at any time, uh, just so you know what the command is. Um, and what I would do is I would have her out in the backyard with me. Now, Molly has this tendency. She was a retriever and she would get her nose into the ground and she would just wander off without even realizing that she'd wandered off. And she also, was very ADD. Like <laughs> so, huh. well, uh, our owner. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so I would not be paying attention because I'm ADD. And then I would look up and Molly would be over in the next yard sniffing at something. Now, the way I was trained was to go get her and bring her back with a correction all the way back to the placemat. So I would correct her. No, no, no. All the way back. And it would be very difficult on me and very difficult on her because I was probably correcting her back a good 20, 30 feet. And so she'd get a lot of corrections. Well, she'd sit there and she definitely was scared. It was very um, easy to see that I intimidated and, and created fear in her. And, you know, I just thought that that's the way you did it, you know, just intimidate her. And that that's what, and that's the way I was trained. So I would go on about my biggest business again, and then I would look up and she'd be two yards down, you know, Now, this time, as I was going to her, I would be very angry, and we talked about last, uh, in episode 68, we talked about how that anger really triggers something in a dog, that that body language, that voice tone, that thing that, um, as I'm approaching her, and of course, I would go directly after her, and she would run, and then I couldn't even get within leash length of her. She'd have her leash on. And I couldn't even get within leash length. She knew that if I got within that, you know, five to six foot range, I was going to be able to catch her. And so she would let me get maybe within 10 feet and she'd run. She'd take off. I might catch her a block away and then I'd correct her all the way back. I mean, think about that, Devin. I mean, how insane is that? That you could see some guy walking a block down the road going, no, 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 all the way to his dog.
1: That would be awkward. I mean, I've seen, certainly I've seen people treating their dogs poorly in public. I've seen many more people treating their kids poorly in public. And, uh, I've certainly seen myself, uh, in that mode as well. Like, you know, reacting negatively to whatever my right. kids were doing. So it's always, I know that it, for me, witnessing, uh, um, somebody disciplining their, their dog, uh, it's uncomfortable. You right? know, it's, it is. It's uncomfortable because usually they're doing it too much or too hard. Or there's like, there's some anger, you know, some twist to it. That's well, really unpleasant.
0: Yeah. And as an outside observer, it really looks bad. I mean, because if someone was to see me doing that, even though I thought in my head, this is what I'm supposed to be doing in order to get my dog to learn this command and learn how to hold the place. I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. I didn't know any better. And so what would happen is I would get her all the way back to the place command and I'd put her back on the place command and because I was very stubborn about it, I would think, I just need to keep doing this until she gets it. And so, again, I would get busy doing something. I'd look up. She'd be almost, you know, over you know, a block away or she'd be so far away. And now I would end up chasing her. And I literally ended up chasing her over a mile. Oh, really? Yes. And oh, I finally got so frustrated and I got so angry that I was literally crying and I sat down and when I sat down, she never really ran from me and I just sat down there and I was just upset. And then I started calling her, come here girl, come here in a pleasing, pleasant tone. And she came over to me and Devin, I was so upset and I was so frustrated that I took her leash and her collar off. And I told her, Because, you know, I thought dogs analyzed, if you don't want to be with me, go. Then I don't want you to be somewhere you don't want to be. And I was just, I didn't understand. Like, I didn't understand why she would keep running from me. Now, looking back, I look at it and I go, I wouldn't have wanted to (laughs) stick around (laughs) me or wait on me coming after her. Right. You know, I wouldn't want to if I was her. And so. I sat there for a few minutes. She kind of came to me and was, uh, and I started loving on her a little bit. And after I, you know, got myself together, I got up and I started walking home and she followed me. And she followed me for about, I don't know, 30 or 40 feet, maybe a little bit longer. And she started wandering off again. So again, I sat down and I sweetly called her to me. She came over, and I loved and loved, and this time she came over with a little bit less trepidation, you know, a little bit less nervousness, a little bit less fear of what might happen, and I loved on her again for a few minutes, and I was still, you know, very upset, and I got up, and I started walking home, and she followed me even longer this time, and again, she started wandering off because that's just what she does. It was in her nose. And I sat down again and I did it again. And it took about three or four times of these. And we got all the way home. At this point, I picked up the placemat. I took it inside. She followed me inside. And I started realizing she wanted to be with me. This was not something that she was scared of me or didn't want to be around. How could you tell? Because she followed me home. And when I went inside... She didn't even hesitate to come inside. It was just where she felt she belonged. And so when I was in there and I spent the rest of the day, I wouldn't even work with her the rest of the day. I just loved on her. And, you know, when I was doing this training, I was doing three times a day with her, you know, and I would just love on her and we would spend the day just kind of hanging out and doing things together. And this is where I started to get it with me that if I was, being that way, and if someone was coming toward me in those types of body language, that type of voice tone and that anger. And, you know, last time in in, uh, episode 68, Devin, you even had this thing about, wait, I should be at least stern. My dog knows the difference of me being stern. And this is where I started to understand with what I'm doing is that, yes, I can be stern. And if my dog doesn't trust me Stern doesn't even work. Stern just looks like anger and fear and creates fear. If I'm stern and my dog trusts me, then stern is just stern. It's no different than you and I having a very, we could have a very candid conversation in public and people think that we were arguing or being mean to each other. And nothing, none of that's going on because we trust each other. And that's what I got it with her. She started, when she started really trusting me and I could create that trust, she wanted to be around me. I was then making, creating this bond with her instead of that anger. Now, does that mean I don't get frustrated and I don't get angry? Absolutely not. I still have those moments. What I have to do and what I've learned is that that does not work with my dog. So I have to make that shift in the moment, and we talked about that, where you just take the pause, count to three, do something else before you start out after your dog, like grab the leash or do something else.
1: I think the thing that you pointed out was, maybe, it was it hump day episode or the or maybe episode 68 in which you said, consider what you need to do, consider what's available to you. Uh, I think it was about after, you know, going to catch the dog, and you said, first thing first is go get the leash, <laughs> right? right? Um, so in that moment of consideration is when some of that emotion can deflate and there, you know, I, I, certainly, I think any of our audience can relate to having said something out of turn, you know, ha- having, um, reacted to someone's behavior, uh, said something snapped in the moment and then regretted, you know, regretted that decision or whatever. Um, and that sucks. You know, I just had an interaction with my kid yesterday, a uh, day before yesterday, excuse me, uh, that I was, totally out of the blue. And I was just like, I got emotional very suddenly and I lashed out and yeah. you know, and then, and then I dumped them off at, at his, at their mom's house. And it's like, well, this is how I'm, this is the impression that I'm leaving my kids with today. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it, it felt really, I mean, it felt, I'm laughing about it now cause I've yeah. gone through the process of forgiving myself for it. And I've also apologized to my kids for it. Um, the, the, the content was necessary. The delivery was completely unnecessary. The way that I did it was completely unnecessary. And it was really like I had to catch myself after I drop them off, I have a 15 minute ride to come home. And the entire time I'm sitting there, of course, my my natural inclination, my usual habit is to beat myself up. You know, why was right. I doing that? Guard? And there was absolutely some of that. Great job, Devin, is what I said to myself. Great job. Great. And then it's like, okay, let's get over the counterproductive crap and let's get to the analytical crap. Okay, here's the analytical part. And I started to figure out okay, well, that's not how I want to be, and how do I want to be? And I had to get it back there. I had to bring it back to Um, there's so many ways that I don't want to be with my, with my kids and I don't want to be in life. And there's a few ways that I want to be, you know, and getting myself focused on that on what I, how I want to be with the kids. Um, it got me to this place where, okay, I feel that an apology is necessary. And I also feel like I need to stick to my guns here and I need to, um, uh, reinforce the message without the emotion in there. And so taking that pause of self-reflection made a huge difference in my ability to come back two days later. And of course, my kids were like, dad, it's fine. You know, it's okay. Yeah. You know."
0: We've heard you do that before. Yeah. Yeah, right. And, that, and that's the great thing about that because, and in, in you said, take the pause and notice how in the moment you couldn't take the pause. In the moment you just reacted and you did what you did. Yep. Now, most people just let it go. And those are the things that your kids will hold on to. I think it's awesome that you would go back to your kids and go, oh, well, you know, hey, in this moment, I should have not delivered this this way. And I should have said it this way or, you know, whatever that conversation was. And you never would have given them the opportunity to go, you know what, dad, that's okay," because that was their way of saying thank you. And I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah. And, you know, a dog can't do that. Right. I mean, a dog can't go, oh, well, I'm so glad. And that's where I got it. Like when I sat down and in my frustration and in my anger, I got to that point where I was done. Like I was, I'm done with this. And I would just sat down and that's where she got it that, you know what? It's not so bad. It's okay. And she was able to come to me and it was very tentative. The first time she came to me and she was able to do it where in the past had I had that angry tone. She was not coming near me, you know, had that had that angry look about me. And so that was that 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 moment that I'm and, And of course, I didn't realize it at that moment. This is something that I've looked back on and gone. Oh, my gosh, I remember this. I remember that that story, that, that time that I was working with her and how that happened. And I remember that frustration and that anger and those, that mood I was in, you know, and, and how I was able to make that shift and view the changes that happened in that. And it's just a, it's just a story to see back in the past. It's not something that in the moment I was realizing, Oh, this is what I'm doing. And this is such a great thing, you know,
1: (laughs) to do. Right. Well you know I, I tell you what I found fascinating I'm forty one years old now and I'm starting to starting to learn a few things I'm beginning to learn a few things and one of the things that I'm starting to learn is that um, the relationship is the important thing in all in all aspects the preservation of the relationship is the important thing and I used to be all about being right you uh-huh. know, that used to be my whole thing I'd be right at the expense of all else i'd be I'd be right at the expense of, of the relationship and my friendships and you know whatever, go to bed angry with my ex-wife and make her go, make her, force her. There's no, I gave her no opportunity but to go to bed angry with me so many times, you know? <laughs> and um, so to, to have that mental shift and see, I can relate, I can very much relate to your, the emotions that I sense in you about this story about Molly and about this, um, this epiphany that you had as a result of this process. You wrote about it in the book. As a matter of fact, I think it's the opening story in the book. And so, you know, we've, we've talked about this before. It's clearly a really important turning point for you. And again, you know, we wouldn't be doing the show or you wouldn't be doing what you do professionally without this shift that occurred. And uh, I will affirm that I'm a much more whole person now because of my focus on my relationships instead of my focus on being right. And when I consider like to me, the reason I went back and apologized to my kids was not necessarily that they're that they needed it for me. I needed to clear the decks for myself. I needed to clear the clear the air and I needed to focus on the preservation of the relationship and i think that that's really um you know molly got you to into a place of of um of what acceptance uh, yeah, you know I mean, like she, yeah. she's like you're not going to get me this way <laughs> you know what right. i mean yeah. um so yeah. you you straighten up and fly right and maybe maybe we'll see about me having a relationship with you
0: <laughs> you know and, and, right and i know that that So many things have happened in my just my normal everyday life, my relationships with people and things like that because of that, because of that shift that I was able to take. I mean, you and I had a conversation today and before we even started recording, I said, you know, I haven't had time to to digest this and I still have a feeling of angst, not because I'm worried about whether the show is going to be a good show or not a good show or whether I should be talking about this or not talking about it. It's because I trust you. And if you don't have a good feeling about it and I'm not able to convince you, because there's many times you said this show does not need to be done. And then I've convinced you that it needed to be done. And I wasn't able to do that today. Yeah. And because of that, I had a little bit of angst. I wasn't able to, Sit down with it and think about it. And when I do that, I reflect now on what the other person is saying. And if it's so important, is it something that I need to look at and change in my life? And really, that's what this was. It was something that was so important that I had to make the change without even realizing in the moment. This is something I look back on and realize i made that change.
1: Oh, that'd be easy. Wouldn't that be easy if we knew? Oh, oh that's gosh. the change I need to make. That's the right. change I need to You're make.
0: You're 41 oh. and just learning it. I'm 51 and just learning this stuff. <laughs> <I ain't laughs> you know, he's got 10 years
1: on me. Well, I mean, quite frankly, it's the benefit of being around people like you that I'm accelerating. I mean, literally, that my my understanding of this stuff is accelerated. And doing the, uh, the personal development seminar that we've talked about, doing our goals group um, in which we have what on the outside would seem to be some of the most uncomfortable conversations in the world. You know, some of the, yeah. <laughs> it's funny hearing outsiders come in and they're like, I can't believe you all talk to each other that way. Right. Well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why we're here. Um, so it's about the relationship and you know, Benny, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm in full support of this. I, if we can, if we can help our audience create the kind of transformation in their relationship with their dogs that you did that moment with Molly, mm-hmm. that is humbling. You know, to me, that is humbling to be able to, possibly have that effect on somebody and their family. Like that changed your the entire trajectory of your life changed because of that moment with Molly. Right. Everything. And I'll changed.
0: tell you, I, and I'm going to end it with this and we've gone quite a few minutes on this part of it. So I'm going to end it with this in my consultations. I talk about how I was trained and the things that I learned and how I train now. And one of those things that I say is that, you know, praise is the only way you teach and train your dog. It's the only way you're going to get your dog to do what you want your dog to do in a way she's willing to do that thing, to be truly obedient. And to me, that's the definition of obedience is the willingness to obey. And so when I tell them that, I also say, you know, the people that I worked for told everybody that as well. And I knew that's not what they did. That's not what they were going, you know, how I was trained and how I was taught and how they were going to teach the dog. It was what they told everybody because it sounded so good. Now, in the process of training, I eliminated motivation and correction as a method of training. So I knew praise really was. And I had to figure out why is praise really the only way to teach and train your dog and this that shift like being able to take that mental shift now this was at a time I was out of you know out from under them I started working on my own and started doing training on my own and I wanted to train my dog off leash and I got it for my dog to want to do these things she truly has to be willing and that's when I started doing this mental shift. And I will tell you, Nicole worked for me back in the early 2000s. For three to four years, she worked for me. And I trained her the exact way that I was trained. And the difference from then to now, and we'll have to have her on the show at one point to talk about it. And the difference from then to now is so different in her mind. She's been out of town, out of the country, you know, out, and now getting back into dog training, and she's absolutely loving it, or I don't think she did. Same thing that went on with me. I just was not loving what I was doing, and that mental shift was the thing that did it, and that's why I wanted what I really want to convey to owners, and I'm hoping in the interaction that I do today, we're going to do a reflection that you will answer these questions in a way that, that get you to understand why you do or don't or you're frustrated or what is it you really love about having uh, a dog.
1: All right. Well, that's a good setup. You ready? I'm ready to reflect. All right. Let's get homeworky with it, shall we?
0: Today, in lieu of homework, I'm going to have you reflect. I would like you to take five to ten minutes and reflect as to why you have a dog. And I'm going to ask you six questions. Please write these questions down and answer these questions. As you learn more about dogs, how they behave, and how you interact, go back and see if your answers have changed. Question one. Am I happy with how my dog behaves in general? Question two. When I get frustrated and angry with my dog, do I change how I interact with her? Question three. What was my purpose in getting this dog and or getting this breed? Question four. Do I hold on to my frustrations in life? and my frustrations with my dog when I am interacting with my dog? Question five, when I am out and I return home, in general, what are my thoughts and feelings about my dog? And question six, how much one-on-one time do I spend with my dog on a daily basis?
1: Thank you. Yeah, that doesn't sound too hard. That's a lot less onerous than some of the homework you've given. Right? Yeah. That's I good.
0: Think this is something, too, like it really would reflect your growth. If you answered these in a particular way and then went back, you know, three, six months later after learning a little more about your dog and learning more about communicating, you know, what um, what is, um, you know, your total interaction and what is your relationship with your dog?
1: You know, in the future, we can point back to episode 70 as um, a good thing to revisit from time to time, you know, like, okay, well, it's six months in and, you know, you have created these results. Well, why don't you go back and have a listen to episode 70 and the reflection exercise there and see if you've changed, you know, see if you, you have evolved, see if your moods have changed. Well, you know, what's different about you use this as a mechanism to, um, to learn about yourself and about your progress with the relationship with your dog. Very good.
0: I think that that is a great idea. Well, anytime we can get them back to go back
1: to another episode. <laughs> yeah, anytime.
0: <laughs> and in summary, we talk about making the mental shift and how that was, um, how that happened for me, and how it is important for you as a dog owner. We also talked about the importance of understanding your dog and yourself, and we talked about the reflecting on having a dog in your life. Thank you.
1: Dog lovers, thank you for your survey responses. We uh, got the survey up there on familydogfusion.com. So when you go up and get a, a free membership that we'll talk about in just a moment, there's this there's this opportunity to give a survey, which is kind of odd. Usually you do a survey after the fact. Well, what we're doing is a survey before the fact. It's a it's a, okay. You're a, a brand new member to our website. You've obviously indicated an interest in getting our three uh, pieces of media the eBooks and the video that I'll talk about in just a moment, and so. What can we do for you? That's what the survey is essentially saying. What can we do for you? What is your biggest problem with your dog? You know, what sort of results are you wanting to create or what's the biggest, you know, frustration that you have with your dog? And we also ask you a few things about, you know, how you like to receive content and the sorts of content that you're available. And these surveys are actually proven to be uh, very valuable to us because we get it, you know, in your own language. We get to hear from you, the dog lover, in your own words, exactly what it is that we can do for you. And I don't know if you all have figured this out or not yet, but Benny and I are in this for you. Um, this has been a, this has been a hobby for the past, you know, uh, 68 episodes or whatever so far. And we figured out that helping you solve your dog's problems and problems with your communication with your dog is really our role uh, for you and a great mechanism to help us do that. It's like, help me help you. Give us a little bit of feedback uh, for your own sake. Please take a look at this membership, which includes these two eBooks. One is potty training your puppy or dog, and the other one is three tools for training your dog. These are both fantastic references that you can go back in a very specific step-by-step fashion and solve some direct problems, as well as get an understanding about what dog training is all about. And we also have this video that Benny created called walking your dog on a leash. That's very specifically showing you that the leash handling techniques that are most effective for your dog and so you're going to get that value right out of the gate. You're also going to get access to our periodic newsletter that we'll send out when things are interesting enough to talk to you through email. And you have this opportunity, this third opportunity, to give us some direct feedback about how we can best serve you through the use of this survey. So get your little hineys over, your little dog-loving hineys over to familydogfusion.com register. Get signed up for the free membership. Download your free content. And go ahead and complete the survey as you fill out your profile and let us know how we can best serve you.
0: Right, Devin. One of the questions is, what are your top questions or frustrations when it comes to your dog's behavior? And we've gotten quite a few responses. Um, The most recent was someone said that their uh, lab pointer mix picks up things and eats them on walks. And mainly it's rabbit poo. (laughs) Of course, whenever they have these questions, I do answer them uh, personally. I answer each person personally. And if there is ever an opportunity to um, do an episode, which we will have an episode on eating dog poop (laughs) and dogs that eat dog poop at some point as well.
1: One of the survey responses that, that I saw there that stuck out was from when we first got started. And this guy was talking about how the, the dog only pees on his side of the bed. And <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sort of thing stands out. And so it's good. I mean, we get it right from right from the right from the horse's mouth, so to speak, if we can mix up our species here. Um, and it's good to hear that <laughs> stuff. So thank you for <laughs> thanks for chiming in with that uh, the specific you know question that we put on there, and uh, we could really use your input. So thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> All right, everybody, we will see you all next week when Benny talks about your racist dog. See you then. Also, if you're listening to this show on Stitcher or Google Play, please give us a thumbs up now. Remember, show notes for this episode are at discoveryourdog.com episode 070.
0: I'm learning not to act how I feel.